0: Welcome to To Grow Good, a place to spread joy, beauty, and goodness, to bear good fruit, a place where others can meet or be inspired to meet God. So get cozy, lean in, and listen close. Miracles are at work, and He wants to meet you too. Hi, friends, and happy Tuesday. I am so excited this week to bring you the conversion story of Stephanie Hawkins. Stephanie lives in California with her husband and her kids, and she is part of a thriving parish and community where the Lord has called her to work in a number of uh, roles in the parish community where she lives. Um, But before that, she had quite the conversion story. She went from pretty much no real background in in any sort of religious form growing up, um, to a period of searching and real struggle. Um, She feels a lot of hardships in her story and really hits rock bottom um, and then calls out to God. And what happens next is just so incredible. It's just these stories never fail to blow me away. Just how He responds um, when we reach out and how He answers through people, which is such a better answer than any sort of thing falling from the sky, fixing it for the moment. He, He answers in such a real, lasting, sustainable way that is perfect for our hearts and what we need in that moment. So if you ever need inspiration to reach out and lean on God and ask Him to show you where to go, this story is it. I also just want to add real quick that I'm aware that this episode's a little longer than normal, but Stephanie said so many great things and she just kept going and going. I didn't want to end it or cut anything out. So can't wait for you to hear it. Um, And without any other delay, here's Stephanie.
1: Stephanie, hi, welcome to the show. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm super honored to be here. Thank you for uh, inviting me on and thank you for doing this podcast. It's such, um, such a need. I feel like there was a big gap in like podcasts for conversion stories. So thank you for filling that gap. It's so needed and it's awesome. Thank you for being brave enough to jump out there and put yourself out there. I am not that brave. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you're here right now. So you're pretty brave. I'm uh, I'm trying, <laughs> Lord, God willing. <laughs> I was going to say, it's
0: all the Lord. It has nothing to do with me. If it had to do with me, I would still be, I mean, who knows where I'd be right, right now.
1: So. Yeah, no. Yeah, uh, same for me. I would have just put myself on the list and I would have never, But the Holy Spirit prompted me to just, you know, share my story a little bit with you. And normally right. that would not, that's not like me at all. So yes. it was... It was the Holy Spirit, guaranteed. That's not me. <laughs>
0: That's when you know, because this is That's totally not every anything I would have done. It's kind of funny. My my family and my some of my close friends are like, I <laughs> they're kind of like, you're just not really normally like this about anything else. I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wish, right? I really wish I could explain it to you better besides, man, the Lord, he just does things when, when we yeah. let him, when we let him lead. So,
1: you no. Know, once the Holy Spirit gives you like a kick in the pants, it's pretty <laughs> hard to stop. Like you just get going and you can't stop. Totally. Like-
0: <laughs> totally. Um. Awesome. Okay. I cannot wait to hear your story, but can you start us out by just introducing yourself and telling everyone who you are and um, a little bit about your life right now?
1: Okay. Well, uh, my name is Stephanie Hawkins. Um, I'm a 37-year-old wife and mom. Um, I've been married to my husband, Mike, for 11 years. Um, we've actually been together for 18 years, but we've been married for 11 um, so, if you do the math, we had a six and a half year courtship before we got married, um, which is very much a part of of my conversion story. Um, we have four kids, three girls and one boy, um, ages 10, 8, eight, six, and five. I always have to stop. <laughs> um, so, uh, I'm very. We have a very busy full life. Um, I've been homeschooling our kids for about two years now. Um, and that was providential after everything that happened, uh, this year with the virus. And, um, so thanks be to God on that one. Like we just, we just kept our things going and, and live, you know, watch the craziness around us. Um, we live in the central Valley of California. Um, which is like the Bible Belt of California. Um, it's a super, um, the Catholic community here is so vibrant and alive. Wow, it's amazing. awesome. I didn't know that um, existed. Like the town we live in, we're actually building a second church because wow. we can't accommodate the amount of mass. Like we already have like eight masses every Sunday and that's, that's not enough. That's so, awesome. I mean, thanks be to God. Like, yeah. I know that churches across the country are closing. We are building. Like, we don't have enough room. Wow. Um, so we're, like I said, we're members of a super busy and vibrant um, parish called St. Joachim's. And it's a lot of large, young families like ourselves with lots of kids and great. lots of people our age. So it gives me great hope for the future of our of the Catholic church because I'm surrounded by people my age with lots of big, you know, lots of kids like me. And, um, and there's a ton of, um, a ton of ministries in our parish, both English and Spanish. So, um, It's, it's an, it's why we live where we live because I'm like, I don't want to leave our parish. It's amazing. Mm. Um, So uh, in our parish, I'm the coordinator for our um, moms group. We started a couple, about three years ago. Um, And our moms group, uh, our mission is to provide support, fellowship and spiritual enrichment for Catholic moms of young children And um, that is super fulfilling and and it's a beautiful ministry and it was much needed. Like every time someone new comes, they're like, yes, this is what I've been looking for. Um, And that's, that's a whole nother part of my, you know, I call it my second conversion was helping to start this ministry. Um, And then um, I'm also the coordinator for our parish vacation Bible school. And like I said, we have a ton of big families so our our vacation Bible school is a pretty big thing, um, uh, and so that's brought me a lot of joy and made me. Uh, that's where I met a lot of my friends that um, helped me start the the moms group. Um, and I'm also a cantor for our church. Um, so of course we can't sing right now <laughs> uh, with everything going on, but um, I've been a cantor for the past six years, and that's that's actually the first. Um, ministry I got started with uh in our parish. Um and I was six months pregnant with my third child when I started. Like the Holy that's why I said the Holy Spirit's crazy. Like I was it was so obvious to me even though I was sitting there super pregnant. Wow they had put yeah they they were looking for a cancer and I'm like well I sing like I'm a singer like you're feeling I cold. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like and, oh, what am I gonna do? And then I had to be like, yeah, I can help I can cancer masses. Oh, by the way, I'm six months pregnant with my third child. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah. Um, so those are kind of, so those are the ways I keep super busy. Um, and, um, like I'm, I'm just living my small quiet life here. Um, like I don't have any blogs. I don't, you know, I don't write any books or I don't have a podcast or anything, but, um, I, I'm just like, I'm just trying to do small things with great love. Like St. Teresa of Calcutta said, you know, just do small things with great love in your community. And that's just, you know, I'm trying to spread joy, the joy of the gospel, like one person at a time. Yeah.
0: No, honestly, that that is what the world needs. So, I mean, thank you for all your yeses and for serving in all those ways. I, I think it's <laughs> a testament to how you've let him, yeah, guide you and lead you and bring you to where it's needed uh, in your community. Yeah. So that's, that's amazing. Um, all right. So yeah, let's go back to uh, the beginning of your story. Mm-hmm. Do you mind sharing just a little bit of maybe your background in the faith? And then um, mm-hmm. maybe the first time you were really introduced to God at a personal level, whether that was um, you know, in your family life or in an actual religious manner, or just kind of an own personal experience
1: that you had that kind of jogged some things <laughs> sure so so yeah, so we'll go way, way back. Um, so I was raised in a tiny little town on the coast of Northern California, um like very rural mountainous kind of area. Um, I was not raised in a religious household at all. Um, God was never talked about. We never prayed together as a family. Um, none of my, my dad was not into organized religion. Um, his parents were Jehovah's witnesses. Uh, he doesn't really talk a lot about his, you know, growing up and religion, um but i know he's just he's not into it <laughs> like yeah. he's very he's always been super respectful though of my journey and he never stopped like me from um go- going on my own path and exploring he was always very respectful but it's just not his thing um my mom um had me baptized as an infant in the lutheran church which was where she was attending I guess when I was born, um, I have no memories of ever attending a Lutheran church, Mm. but that's apparently where she was, um, uh, when I was born. Um, so, and even though my parents weren't religious, like I said, I feel like they, um, this was something I kind of pondered as, uh, I thought through my conversion story is that they really laid the groundwork for my conversion. So we had, so that tiny little town, we had two churches in town, um, and they were both on the same street. (laughs) One was the Presbyterian church, which was right across the street from our house. And the other was the Catholic church, which was just right up the street. Um, So I, um, around six years old, I was playing, I started playing with the, the minister's daughter from the Presbyterian church. Um, she was about two years older than me and they invited me to come to church and come to Sunday school. And I said yes. And I got myself up. I'm six years old. I got myself up. I got ready for church. And I went and I and and I went in. They, you know, they took there was only like three kids. They took us into the other room for Sunday school. And that was the first time I'd ever heard about God. Like, and um I was like hooked, like it made so much sense. I was always kind of a little um, more mature than kids my age. Like I was very intellectual and would just grab every book I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I, could, I couldn't get enough like learning. So I didn't care that like the King James Bible <laughs> was all like these and thous. I was like, I'm going to read this. Um, so that was my first, like the first time I'd ever even heard about God and creation and all. I was just like, wow, this makes so much sense at, at six years old. Like, wow. I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, so, um, and that was the first time I ever learned the Our Father prayer, which, like, that stuck with me. I never forgot that. Mm. Um, it, and um, so, about age eight or nine, my mom actually started the RCIA program at the Catholic Church in our town. Oh, so, wow. up the street. Um, and then I started attending mass with her and, um, I loved it. Like I felt so, so, you know, I'm young and so I didn't get everything, but just the peace that I felt, I always felt comfortable there. Mm. And I think a lot of it, I loved this, like the smell of the incense. I loved the consistency. Like I knew every Sunday it was like the same routine. And I loved that um, because I'm kind of a type A person. So like that, that consistency, that routine, like I know what I'm getting every, Mm -hmm. every Sunday. I loved that. Um, And so um, I never received my first Holy Communion or anything like that. My mom kind of was just like, well, you can decide if you want to do that. Um, I wish. And so You know, I'm back and forth. I'm like, I wish she would have just been like, "No, you're doing this." But at the same time, like when she left it up to me, I could clearly, like, I my insecurities kind of like I was kind of nervous, and I was like, "No, I don't think I'm." And I think that was God's way of just like gently saying, "Not yet." Like I have a better a better plan for you. Um. So, um, my mom left the church. Our our priest got. Transferred out of state, and um, that kind of rattled my mom. She didn't; it it really upset her. She didn't care for the new priest, and so she just left. She just stopped attending mass. I kept going for a while on my own, like, and I'm like eight or nine years wow, old. And I'm just like yeah. showing up mass by myself. <laughs> 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 um, because, like I said, I loved it. Like yeah. I loved. Mass. And I didn't it didn't bother me at the time that I wasn't able to receive communion or anything. Like I just just had so much peace being there. Mm. Um, so like I said, my mom, you know, she just that really she she just left. Um, and we got invited to a Baptist church. So, so like we're kind of all over the place Presbyterian <laughs> <Here you laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so So we got invited to um, the Baptist church in the neighboring town. And um, that's really where I spent the rest of my, probably up through junior high. So right before high school. Um, And we got, I got super involved in the youth programs there. And that's really my first exposure to scripture memorization man, the Baptists have got it down. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I can still, like, recite John 3.16, like, nothing. Like, <laughs> that, was, that was my first, um, so my first introduction to, um, to scripture memorization and also to, um, like, chastity issues. So I think around age, like, 12 or 13 in our youth group, they had us make a chastity promise. And I didn't, I, I understood what it meant, um, but not fully, um, but I totally was like, I was totally into it. I was like, yes, I'll, I'll make this chastity promise. And so, um, um, so we moved, uh, so coming to the beginning of high school, we moved um, to a neighboring town. And um, I was like occasionally invited to different Protestant churches um, in town, but I never felt comfortable. Like I never felt at home. God, I never connected with God at any of these places. And so I just kind of like stopped going. Like I kind of, I didn't really try anymore. I would just go sometimes if I was invited, but um, that was kind of like the end of my religious searching for a while. Mm. Um, so I never stopped believing in God. Like that was, I, it was always there. I always considered myself a Christian. Um, but I really started to adopt a more secular, um, lifestyle. So I dated regularly and I even got dumped once or twice cause I was sticking to that chastity promise. Um, and I was kind of like open about that. And some of the guys did not like that. So, um, I struggled with modesty, I felt like, especially once I was getting more into high school further along. Um, Like, I felt a lot of pressure to focus on my outward appearance. Um, And I was always playing, like, the comparison game, I felt like, with other girls. And that um, I felt like men, you know, a man would only love me if he found me attractive. And so I dressed a certain way, Um, you know, and I, I, so I had to spend years later kind of undoing that toxic mentality and the way I think about my worth as a woman, um, and, you know, how I viewed other women as well, you know, because that it's full circle. It's the way you view yourself, the way you view others. Um, it took a long time to undo that toxic mentality of, of, um, And I think it's, you know, it's the world view. you got to undo everything that the world is telling you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, excuse me, about halfway through junior year, I started dating um, another guy. And I actually fell in love, like, for the first time. And um, my mom, um, you know, we were dating for about six months. This was the longest relationship I had ever had. And, um, my mom decided it was time. She said, I think it's time we put you on birth control. And that was kind of a shock to me. Mm. We were not physically intimate at that point. And I really, in my heart, didn't have any, um, plan on it. But I felt like when she did that, it gave me permission, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so that was, um so that pretty much gave us permission and we did become physically intimate and the relationship from there just spiraled down. It became super toxic and super volatile. Um, that's just when all the, the, the problems happened. Um, and, um, it changed our whole relationship and everything was a mess and I felt like a shell of myself, you know? Um, because deep down I knew, you know, I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I, I was kind of like, oh, well, it's too late. You know, I'm too far gone. So there's a key, um, there's key, it took a long time to get there. But one of the first things that happened that kind of snapped me out of it was I went into the doctor's office to get my birth control shot. And The nurse there, I knew her, I had grown up with her kids and I knew she was a Christian woman and I think she could see, like, I was super broken and did not want to be there doing this. And she just like looked me in the eye and I think she just broke, you know, the professional code. And she said, you know, you don't have to do this. She said, sex is meant for marriage. And I just, I couldn't even look her in the eye. And I said, you know, it's too late you know, Mm -hmm. but, and so, but that stuck with me. I mean, even, you know, I was what, 17 years old, 18 years old. That's, I still remember that. I can picture that. That was a key moment. Mm -hmm. Um, She has no idea, but she like started, she planted that seed and it took me a while to get there, but I'm so grateful that she, you know, the Holy Spirit inspired her. She could see my brokenness and she, she felt she, she was courageous enough to say something to me. And so it didn't, you know, it didn't resonate right then, but it did plant the seed and I never forgot it. And I'm so grateful that she was brave enough to say that to me Mm -hmm. because I needed to hear that. I needed to. So, um, so that was the last trip, um, to that doctor's office because, uh, I decided after that, I was like, I'm done. I'm done with this routine. Ah. Um, and then so after that, um we ended up uh, my boyfriend and I we ended up breaking up a year and a half after uh, after a year and a half of dating and um we it was about two weeks before we were both set to go to the same college for 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 school um so it was really hard, but I felt like that was the first step in, um, in breaking the cycle So, um, so yeah, so then, um, I leave for Fresno state. That's where I went to college. And, um, my first year of college was horrible. <laughs> hmm. and, and, and that was the beginning of my downward spiral. Um, so my ex-boyfriend, like I said, was going to the same college as me. And he literally lived... I lived on campus. He literally lived in the building next to me. Um, He started dating someone within like a month. I mean, and we were together for a year and a half. And we were, you know, physically intimate. It was a lot of emotional, emotional scarring. And I could not believe that. He was just like, had moved on. And I was just still a wreck. Like I was... It takes a lot of healing. Like people, the world tells you it is just, it's just sex, right? But that is not true. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your viewpoint is. It is, it is human nature. It's how God made us to want that intimacy, emotional intimacy. It's not just an act. It is so a commitment and being vulnerable, to another human being, and um, so it was really hard to undo all that, all of that, um, that pain and that hurt, that really just, it it left me a shell of myself, so, you know, here I am, I see him with someone new, and um, I started, I almost, like, within, like, two months, I was miserable, I started my transfer to Chico State, um we lived a I lived eight hours away from my my parents so I had basically up and moved to a place that I knew nobody except for my ex-boyfriend <laughs> so it yeah. was, and then he's with somebody else and so it was like I was just miserable um and I can laugh about it now it was not funny then um so I was homesick and so I was like okay I'm gonna transfer to someplace where I know more people and I'm closer to home um and then I just you know that wasn't gonna be until the next year though so I, I had to finish out my year and I start I just I just kept going like I just kept going downhill I started partying with people I barely knew um like putting myself in super sketchy situations <laughs> with people I barely knew um and my grandma who I was very close to, had a massive stroke, um, -hmm. right before the second semester of my freshman year. And she was left paralyzed and unable to talk. So someone who I had been, you know, talking to once a week could no longer talk. Like she was like my rock. So, you know, here I am, (laughs) just, it's just one thing after another. It just seemed like nothing could go right. And, um, I was broke. Uh, You know, I'm living eight hours away from home. I had no money. I had no job. And I was just bitter and angry. And I just had a lot of hatred and a lot of self-loathing. Like, I was just a mess. Um, So rock bottom, here I am sitting on my dorm room floor. Um, It's like a few days before the second semester of my freshman year. And I'm just a mess i'm crying and i'm not a very emotional person by nature and i was just an emotional wreck and i just started talking to talking out loud to god for i mean that was it was the first time in forever that i had even you know talked to god let alone prayed out loud and i i And so, yeah, I was just like, I don't know what you want me to do anymore. Like, please help me. That was all I could get out. (laughs) Like, I was like, I'm done. (laughs) Like, that's all I could say, though. And um, I very subtly heard in my heart, okay, you tried things your way. Would you like to try things my way now? Mm -hmm. And it was so clear to me. Like, it wasn't a voice. It was just like... Uh, you know, once I had gotten that out, like, what do you want me to do? He was just like, okay, you tried it your way. Let's do it my way now. Like, wow. <laughs> and oh so that goodness. was kind of, yeah, that was kind of the beginning of, um, of wow. my, my change. Like I knew something needed to change and I had to hit rock bottom to to start that process
0: and to call out you know I don't know it makes me think just like why do we do this to ourselves (laughs) I mean I just look at it I'm sure from his from God's point of view and he's like why do you run yourself you know down to the wire you know and that's when (laughs) that's then you'll call out to me you know it's like I'm here waiting for you to let me help you all the time constantly And it's funny, I feel like even after you know, he's there, that still happens, you know, like where you find yourself back in that, that same kind of habit of being like, okay, I got this all on my own. It's all on my own. It's all on my own. And then you get to a point where you're like, God, help me. Why aren't you helping? And it's like, oh man, why don't we let him in, you know, to begin with sometimes. But that is, Yeah. yeah, no, that's an, it's so relatable. I mean, I feel like so many people go to college and that's when they kind of just, go with what the world is, you know, has in front of them. They're trying to keep their head above the water. They're just trying yeah. to figure out where they are. They're in a new environment. Um, exactly. And yeah. it's the first time you get to really figure things out for yourself. And so it makes, I mean, especially with the situation you were in with your ex-boyfriend. I mean, I can't <laughs> even, I can't even imagine that on top of everything else of moving and. Right. But how beautiful that that is what, you know, God is in a way used so that you would turn to him for the first time.
1: Yeah. And like reflecting on all that, like um like I always, you know, in the first couple of years try like kind of lamented, like, gosh, I wish I could have done everything differently. But then you mature and you realize God let you go through all that because Mm -hmm. he knew you weren't ready to listen until you hit rock bottom. So yeah. um, he knew you would turn. So you know. I, yeah. yeah. So yeah. as much as I, I hate the mistakes I made, I know they are so much a part of my story and they had to happen for me to have a radical conversion. Like I could have maybe turned a little bit here and there, but it had to be radical. I think. So oh then what so started
0: happening? Yeah. after so, <laughs> You just <laughs> like get up off the floor. You're like, all right,
1: let's do that. <laughs> yeah. It was like one of those brush yourself off sister moments, right? Like, uh, <laughs> And so, um, thankfully I had connected with, um, within the first few weeks of school, I had, a, I had connected with some amazing young ladies who, um, who like led me and loved me through their quiet example. Mm. So, um, so there's two, two women in my mind that, um, are key in like getting me on my conversion path. So, um, across the hall, my friend Martha, um, she lived, um, I kind of just like walked in her room and I was like, hi, want to be my friend? (laughs) (laughs) No, no one. And I'm like, uh, it was, it was clearly the Holy Spirit because I mean, um, she, she was, she seemed very like serious and quiet, but she just kind of like let me in her room. And, and then she, <laughs> she, uh, and then I realized very quickly, like we connected very quickly. She was very clever and sarcastic, which was totally my, my sense of humor. So I loved her. Um, and so we started like hanging out, we would eat in the dining hall and I noticed that she would always pray before she, she always made the sign of the cross and prayed before her meals. And, you know, Miss Heathen over here is just like digging into her food. <laughs> and, so, like, <laughs> and so like, I'm just, it kind of gave me pause. Like I was like, but I, I found it so refreshing, yeah. um, I didn't take it on myself. You know, I wasn't there yet, but um, I noticed it. And she attended mass every Sunday. Um, she was a faithful Catholic. And you could tell the faith was the center of how she made her life choices. And I was so drawn to that. I wasn't there yet. Yeah, like but her, you're drawn but to it. I was yes. drawn to it. And like I said, she just led with her quiet example she never judged she never made comments because I was still on that path like (laughs) of destruction um but she was a constant for me Mm -hmm. um and she ends up being my sponsor in the end um, when we get there Um, so she is and my best my maid of honor in my wedding like she is key in my story and I love her I think it's so appropriate. Yesterday was the Feast of St. Martha. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Yes, yes. You're right. That's crazy. Yes. Oh, holy and Spirit. And she, so good. Yeah. And she is so a Martha. And I am so a Martha. <laughs> so a Martha trying so hard to be a Mary sometimes. The like, <laughs> struggle. Um, so that was meant to be. And then um, my friend Michelle, um, who actually lives in Massachusetts. Oh wow. Um, yeah, and that's I know that's your area. Um she lived down the hall and she was the first friend I made. Like she just walked up to me, she was super friendly and outgoing and was like, Hi, I'm Michelle. Um wanna come to my room and have snacks and play games? <laughs> I was just like, I, yes. I had, like, <laughs> I had nothing to lose, right? I was just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and so you know I'm sitting there in her room like the first day I moved in and I noticed a bible on her shelf and that like crazy how we notice these things like I know sorry like why why do we notice that we do though it's so true we do it's I was I was drawn to it and I asked her I said are you know are you a Christian and she's like yeah she was a Protestant you know she still is a Protestant like non-denominational um And she is so, and we just clicked. And um, she, even though she's Protestant, she is so much a part of my conversion story. I love her. And still to this day is, like, we are still friends to this day. Um, she, She was and still is a person who challenges me. And she's someone who I can have deep intellectual conversations with. Mm. And I think everybody, everybody needs that person. Um, And she challenged me in good ways. Like she would question my behavior and my choices and she would cause me to self-reflect. Um, so, um, and she was always inviting me to Bible studies. I always said no. <laughs> and it was more out of insecurity. Like I can't hack a Bible study. I'm <laughs> such a sinner. Don't, you don't want me there. Like, <laughs> so it was, it was not a lack of wanting. It was a lack of, it, it was just, it was a lack of confidence. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I appreciate, like, I still, even though I never said yes to that, I so appreciated that consistency of her invitation Mm. and I I loved that she would challenge me and like get me to think about what I'm doing I needed that for sure so she was a (laughs) this Protestant girl was a big part of my conversion your Catholic conversion (laughs) honestly that (laughs) happens quite a bit I'm learning so that's kind of (laughs) cool so um so through Martha and Michelle I met um Katie and Nicholin and Tanya and Krystalyn and Julie and this is my core group of friends to this day Mm -hmm. um so after eight what we grad you know this is 18 19 years ago this is still my core group of friends these are my girls like it's amazing they were um intelligent all driven all very modest and they um, had strong moral compasses and that's that's what I needed and they loved God they were all either Catholic or Christian and um, they met me where I was at like that's the thing and they walked the path with me there was no judgment it was just like quiet love and compassion and Mm -hmm. so God answered like you know, me sitting there on that dorm floor crying. He didn't answer it with like solutions. He answered my prayers with people. Yeah. So he put the right people in front of me and they kept me on that path. Like Mm -hmm. I I still fell into sin occasionally, but like Mm -hmm. they kept correcting me and never through anything they said to me, it was all the way, it was their examples. Like- I wanted to be like them. Mm-hmm. They had something that I didn't have, and it was that it was the peace that you know comes from living the go- living the gospel values in your and life fulfillment. and fulfillment. Like yeah. I, I, want that. Like <clears throat> so, um, so Martha and I had like discussions about faith. Martha was Catholic, and um, I mentioned to her like how I had attended mass as a child. And how much I loved Mass um, and how much I felt at home there. And so she just mentioned, like, she's like, hey, there's an RCIA program at the Newman Center, which was like our Catholic, our college Catholic parish. Um, She's like, you know, there was no pressure. She's like, you know, just let me know if you want to look into it and I'll find out more for you. And um, so I, I knew my life needed a change, but I was not there yet. I just, but I appreciated that she planted that seed. And I said, you know, I'll let you know. And it was towards the end of our freshman year. And and Martha was actually key. And she like begged me. She's like, don't transfer, like stay here. Mm. She's like, you know, we got you. We got your back. Like she knew everything I was going through um, with my ex. And she's just like, don't go. And it's just like, she changed my life.
0: Do you believe in the power of conversion stories? Has this show moved you in some way? Join the Branches of the Vine community of supporters. You will be making this show happen and you'll be helping it grow and expand into new avenues to reach even more souls. Visit togrowgood.com support to join for as little as $3 a month. This link is also a live link in today's episode description. If you just scroll down, you'll be able to click right there to join us. As a gift back to you, you will gain access to an underground bonus podcast. That's right, a collection of monthly episodes on a series of different topics that stir my heart. In addition to behind the scenes updates on where he's leading this ministry and more. You are the light of the world. Thank you so much for supporting me in this mission and stepping out on the water to wherever he calls me next. Let's see where this goes. Today's episode is brought to you by Catholic Match. Are you feeling called to marriage but struggling to meet others who are striving for sainthood? Well, my friends, there is a solution for you. Welcome to Catholic Match, the largest faith-focused dating app designed for single Catholics. Unlike other dating sites, Catholic Match primarily strives to help singles connect for the purpose of sacramental marriage through direct message, video chat, and more. And not only that, it also provides a place to make new friends in the faith. Because, let's be honest, these days it's harder than ever to cultivate intimate Catholic community. Create your Catholic love story. Visit catholicmatch.com 2 growgood to create your free Catholic Match account and start meeting fellow-minded Catholics today.
1: Like... So I decided not to transfer, you know, closer to home. I decided to stay at Fresno State. And, um, I mean, if I hadn't, my life would be radically different. So I'm so blessed that she felt called to like plead with me. Don't go. Like she must've seen something in me that I did not see in myself. So, um, so like I said I wasn't quite there yet and I was like okay I'll look into it when we come back for sophomore year um but I I, I had begun to think that I was too far gone like God would not forgive me for all that I had done um and so it was kind of like well I'm damaged goods what's the point like let's just keep you know just whatever <clears throat> and so um so I moved back home for the summer Um, This is 2002, um, and I just start falling back into the same sinful traps. It was like a relapse, Mm -hmm. you know. um, I was making bad friend choices. I was drinking. I was hooking up with an old boyfriend, um, and it was just... I I could see that I was hitting rock bottom again. Like, I was... And I just remember laying there in bed one morning and it was like a week or two before I was supposed to go back. And I was just like, you know what? I just, you know, God, can you please just, I I know I don't deserve another chance, but can you just, can you just give me one more chance? Like, I know I did it again. I fell into all the same traps. And so um, after that, I, when I moved back to Fresno for school, like I've never moved back home because I knew I had to remove my, you know, I visit, you know, I would visit for holidays and stuff, but I was like, I can't stay there for this indefinite period of time because I'm going to fall into the same traps and temptations. So I had to start making decisions that were hard um, and that maybe hurt my family a little bit, but. I knew that I had to get myself out of these situations that were just leading me to sin. So, right. so yeah. So I moved back. Um, I had gotten um, a job as a resident advisor in the dorms at Fresno State um, the previous spring. Um, so that also helped me to decide to stay at Fresno State. And so um, during the interviews at Fresno State um, for for the resident advisor job, I met. Michael, who is my husband now, um, and uh, I instantly had a crush on him. Oh, <laughs> um, there was just something about him. I mean, he, you know, um, and you know, at the time, it was just a crush. And you know, when we went back, like I said, I, you know, that summer I had fallen back into all the same traps and the sins, and um, but I came back resolved not to do those things, and um, that I was going to start like my conversion process. And so um, I did not want to date. I just wanted to like, I feel like that's one thing about, you know, I was dating all throughout high school. I missed out on a lot of just being a teenager and having fun with my friends. Like, and that's what I wanted for myself now that I had a core group of friends that I knew I could that understood me better than anybody. And I just wanted, I I did not want to date, but I just could not deny the connection between Mike and I. Um, and it was super obvious and more <laughs> obvious to everyone around us. They're just like, guys, just. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so resistant to it, um, but I was just like, all right, I guess we'll give this a try. Um, so we started dating And I was super comfortable around him because he was also Catholic Mm. and, and a practicing Catholic. Like he wasn't just Catholic in name. He went to mass every Sunday. He prayed before his meals. Like he was such a gentleman and I felt so comfortable around him because he was different than the other college guys. Like I knew it immediately that he was different. Um, And so I came clean about my past and he was so loving and non-judgmental about it. And he was also very clear about what he believes. He was, because he was very convicted in his faith and very solid. He was very clear that he was traditional and he was very clear that he believes that, you know, about chastity and marriage. Like he was very clear about that. And I found that so refreshing yeah especially with
0: your story
1: it was just like oh my gosh you must have just like wow thank you god yeah Yeah, Yeah. exactly because that was so again god is answering my prayers by putting someone in my life who will put me on that path so Mm -hmm. um so it made it very freeing and relaxing um because we both wanted to stay chaste like i was committed to that and he was too So it, it, it made our relationships so less, um, complicated, if that makes sense. So, so yeah, so once school started, um, I decided to go back, uh, decided to start RCIA. Um, I had made the decision, um, and I went secretly for months and I did not tell him, um, and he finally became, like, indignant. Like, where are you going every Wednesday night? Like, <laughs> He's like, why are you going to the church on Wednesday nights? And I was just, like, finally, <laughs> <laughs> I, And I finally came clean. And I was like, look, I'm, I'm going through the RCA program. I'm, you know, I'm becoming Catholic. Um, but I'm not doing this for you. <laughs> like, I wanted to be very clear. Yeah. Because I, I didn't want him to freak out be like, Oh, she's like becoming clingy and like doing everything I'm doing. I hadn't made this decision before that. Right, I met. right. It was, but he was such a big influence. Like, look mm. at this guy. Nobody's telling him to get up and go to mass every day, like right. every Sunday. Nobody's telling him like to do any of this. He's choosing to do this, right? And he that wants was to. so. Yeah. I was just like, well why can't I do that like there's no I was by far the youngest person in the group by like 10 years at least yeah yeah you're only what 20 yeah that's crazy and I'm like so like I'd say like most of the people in there were above 50 like so they kind of looked at me like what's this young college (laughs) (laughs) that's like um, oh I mean that's awesome it was. Yeah. Um, because I loved having so many older people because they had walked like yeah. through life. Um, and they, and this is where they decided to come. You know what I mean? So like, like affirming. Yeah.
0: I remember there was really one was. in uh, cause my husband went through RCIA recently uh, when we got married and there was one woman who had literally gone to like every denomination of Christian like she like she was literally like I have searched far and wide she was like you don't know how lucky you are and I it was like at the time I was just like huh <clears throat> like I didn't even realize like right and then but again they kind of sat with me and like stayed with me because I, now I still think about that I'm like wow she really <laughs> she really felt so sure and it was right uh, it was cool but yeah
1: see that's how you know man she had tried everything and she's like this is the truth like this is it like so so yeah so um it was it was a very informal setting like it was a very conversational um and um a lot of talking a lot of sharing and like I said but hearing the stories of other people who were like 30 years older than me Like it was a beautiful testament and it helped me like cement my decision. I was like, they have like been through everything and this is where they're at. This, I, how blessed am I at 20 to like, I get to start my life here basically like, and see where this takes me. So, um, we had the right of acceptance in September of 2003. And so, like I said, my friend Martha was my sponsor and during the right, um, you know, they have the sponsor making the sign of cross, the cross on all of our sensory, you know, um, parts of our body. And I was just bawling. And like I said, I'm not a very emotional person and neither is Martha. (laughs) And we were both just bawling the whole time. Like it was so, um, you could just feel the power of the Holy Spirit. Like it was so amazing. It was literally like taking off, Like, just a weight off my shoulders because it was, it just felt like a fresh start. It was like, this is the moment, like, I am on a new path. Like, Mm. I and I knew I was like, things aren't gonna be easier, but they are gonna be better. Like, um, because, like, Jesus says, like, take up your cross, (laughs) like, that's what we're doing. It doesn't become easier when you become a Catholic, it actually becomes more complicated but in a beautiful way like in a way that I would never never have imagined you can't like um, yeah
0: you can't like trade it in because it's just you no. know that it's right so it's just you like, can't, yeah you,
1: you, can't, you can't go <laughs> yeah. back yeah. yeah yeah so like so some key things like I said it was a very informal um it was a like a lot of sharing and talking. But the key things I took away from my experience um, was, like, the teachings on chastity and the reasons for the church. They did a really good job explaining why the church opposes contraception and abortion, Mm -hmm. like, And that was kind of a hard thing for me, but what, and that's the thing, like, once it was explained to me, I was just like, gosh, that makes so much sense. Why doesn't the rest of the world get on board with this? It's so common sense, like, um, and especially as someone who's been through that kind of stuff, you know, like I've been on that side of it. And so that was so refreshing Mm -hmm. to hear. Um, Marian doctrine. I, they did a great job. Like I had no problem understanding, you know, the blessed mother's role in salvation history. Like that made, it made so much sense why we venerate and honor the blessed mother. Mm -hmm. Like that was nothing. And I, some people in the group had a hard time with it. Mm -hmm. It clicked immediately. Like I was just like, Yeah. No, that makes sense. Like why she is, she's not just a human. Like she is very special and she has, she deserves to be honored and, and um, you know, she's the queen of saints. Like she just, everything they said made sense. So Marian doctrine was super, super um, easy for me to understand. um and a big thing they said to me said to the group because like I said there were a lot of people who were older and it was a little bit harder for them to kind of um accept some of the teachings and and things and they said it's okay to you know to struggle and not understand everything um questioning your faith means you're thinking about it you're not just stagnant and I really appreciated that like that because there were still some things I was struggling with um and I was just like, yeah, that makes so much sense. Like God doesn't, you know, smite you because you're questioning things. It means that you're you're not just being stagnant, like you're taking an active role in and um exploring these things. And that's that's a part, like you don't just become Catholic and be like, all right, that's it. Like you gotta explore things there and that the the Catholic Church has so much richness to it which of course makes sense because it is the true church that Jesus founded. So there's so much beauty and so much to explore. I, I could do it for the rest of my life and still not, you know, discover everything. So I, that, that really left like a, a, an impact on me, like always search, always question. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's okay to struggle. Like it's okay to not understand everything. We're not meant to understand everything. Like, the true presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. That is mind bending. We are not meant to understand that in right, this life. Right, like, right. And I think it takes more bravery to, to accept something that you don't understand than to just like write it off. Like, I think it's super brave to be like, yes, I'm all in. Like, I, I'm, I'm just going to believe it. I don't understand it, but god yeah, like jesus it. said He's, it so i mean said yeah, i mean and i'd take his jesus, word over mine <laughs> right so, yeah jesus did not mince words like when he <laughs> wanted to teach a lesson he used a parable when he meant what he meant he said it and he Double said down. it like, over and over again like so which is you know coming from, you know, a little bit of a Protestant background, you know, being all over the place, I'm just like, how do you guys not get this? <laughs> I know. He Sometimes I'm like, not not word. It. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, he's the I don't get it. I'm like, yeah. I'm just like, but it, but it says. says. Right, it. right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's just, you know, the very logical part in me, um, which wasn't even, and I loved in your previous episodes, I know you talked about it with like Lizzie Rose, like the logical conversion and the intellectual conversion versus the heart. For me at this point, it was all heart. And the intellectual all came much later, but that just confirmed everything I was feeling in my heart. Like, and I think that's a lot how it works. Like, it's either intellectual and your heart confirms it later, or you start out with a conversion of the heart and the intellectual just like, verifies everything yeah.
0: you're feeling I feel like um, the more you get to know him the more the teachings make sense you know oh, yeah. I just feel like yeah. the you know from a world's point of view some of the teachings yeah they don't make any sense <laughs> because they're right? of, they're of God I mean they shouldn't you know but yeah. then like the closer you kind of get to understanding him and his heart and and letting him you know like soften your heart and spending time with him, then you come to understand that these are all out of love. You know, these teachings are for proper love, you know, it's, you know, it's all beautiful and good, you know, it's not meant to be, yeah, life stifling or anything. It's life-giving. Agreed.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, and like other things, like the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist, like I said, like I didn't understand it but I was all in, like, I was like, well, Jesus said this, like, it is so clear in scripture. So if, if this is what he's saying, this is true. Like, this is it. And I'm not going to question it and I'm not going to understand it fully, but I'm in, like, I believe I am receiving the body and blood and the soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. Like, and I'm just gonna, you know, that's just something I'm just not going to question. And sometimes I feel it more, than other times and that's just you know that's normal and and then just like the apostolic succession was just like cuz i'm a big like logical i like proof and i like i'm a history buff so i will like go all the way back i'm like take me all the way back like show me proof and op- apostolic succession was such a great explanation for me, I was like, "Oh, bam! Like you can just look at that line and it doesn't break. Like, yeah, yeah <laughs> it, and it, and it goes off, all the right? way to the scripture when he give
0: right. Peter yeah. the keys, and it's just like, wow, you want that's another thing. I'm, I'm just heard, like, 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 yeah, I'm just like,
1: it said he said it right there. Like, you guys know <laughs> <you> did I show you And I know, yeah, and I know Lizzie Rose has talked about that in some of her videos, and yeah, I just, um, I yeah, so um, and then the biggest thing I took away was the dignity and respect for women in the church and how important their role is in, in the church itself and in society. I know I've gotten questions from people, like kind of questioned by people like, well, what do you feel about, you know, women, like, um, you know, women priests? And I'm just like, well, I feel like if Jesus wanted that, it would have happened, but don't deny the fact that look at the women in the Bible. These ladies are like warriors. Like, look how Jesus, Jesus reveals himself to women first because their hearts and minds are open. And so for me, it was so clear how much, because, you know, the church gets so much flack um in society and it's all people on the outside once you're in it you right. like I have never felt more respected and um you know my dignity and my worth upheld as I have since I joined the Catholic Church like once I turned my back on the world I felt so much more respected as which a is so ironic it's like a mind it's like a, my, it's it's like, like a my, I know <laughs> And it blows people yeah. people's minds because I am such an I I am te- I'm usually I will speak my mind and I am very much one like um I don't I don't I, I don't care what people think of me. I care what God thinks of me. And so like so I know some people were like, just knowing my personality, they're so surprised. Like, oh, you're Catholic, and I'm just like, yeah, makes sense, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense to me. Like, you guys, if people would dig a little bit deeper, yeah. Like, if you, if you read with the not church, change their mind, right? Yeah. like it'll it'll make them question, though. You know what? It right. will make that you could question. be the seed that
0: you know you're yeah. planting. Um. Because yeah. I know that that's how it was for me too. Uh, it was kind of like, how how are these people Catholic? They seem like totally smart and <laughs> they totally <laughs> like seem like good people. And uh, they I actually seem to knew, like, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I think so those yeah. are the things that, yeah, kind of get us to be like, huh, yeah. I wonder maybe if there's something more here than what, you know, right. the, the world right. is telling me about it.
1: But, so, yeah. So yeah so so then on to my first confession because of course you have to you have to go to confession before you you know receive first communion and confirmation and all that um, we were basically handed a pamphlet and told make uh, you got to make a face-to-face confession. Go make an appointment with the priest. Like that was it. <laughs> like that was the extent of the talk on the huge sacrament of reconciliation. I was at, so that was where it was lacking for sure. Um, so I I made a uh, an appointment with the priest. Um, so and and just to backtrack, this lack of preparation and this lack of. Um like ex- explanation of this sacrament very much led me to not understand the importance of frequent confession. Um, that because it was, like I said, here's a pamphlet about confession. Now go make a confession.
0: <laughs> like yeah right.
1: Yeah, like knowing my past, I was just like reading through it and I was like, frozen in fear, right? Like I have to do this face-to-face with a man who has taken vows of chastity <laughs> and poverty. <laughs> and like, I'm sitting here a 20-year-old, you know, young lady with like a mountain of sin and just feel like looking this man in the eye. <laughs> and it's funny now, but I was a nervous rep. And I emailed him like three times just like, I'm so nervous. I don't know what to do. Aww. And he's like, he was so sweet and patient. Um, his name is Father Perry. Um, and, and, and he was amazing. Um, so I, I, go, I go into his office and we're sitting there and I'm like, he w- I was just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I read the pamphlet. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, and, and so he was like, uh, he was so patient. And he walked me through it. And then he's like, okay, you know, go ahead and confess your sins. And I was like, that took a while. Like, <laughs> obviously I had 20 years of sins to like <laughs> confess. Um, and he really focused on my, you know, on the chastity issues. And I revealed how like ashamed I was of of all the, um, all that I had done and how I was having a really hard time forgiving myself. And he was just like, Um, he just like emphasized to me that in order for me to heal I had to resolve to forgive myself and I had to not put myself in situations of temptation again Mm -hmm. like and that was I that was huge I really because it was like I said the self-loathing I could not forgive myself for what I had done Mm -hmm. but he just kind of looked at me and was like no you're forgiven and that was a huge weight off my shoulders that was like another one of those like fresh starts and I walked out of there feeling so relieved um just it was just like okay I got that off my chest and I have a clean slate um and so so January 2004 was like finally I had put a whole year in of, of preparation, which was longer than everybody else. Because like I said, I had started when they had were like not quite ready to start the f- official process. So I actually got a lot of extra formation. I feel like um, so um, so I received my first communion and my confirmation on the same day, and it was beautiful. My boyfriend was there. All my friends that had walked that path with me were there. Uh, my my uh, Martha, my sponsor, her mother was there, who was also like a huge supporter. And um, I took Saint Catherine of Alexandria as my patron. Um, she was a young saint, which really resonated with me. And she was a virgin martyr, and she was like a huge apologist. Like she was such a bold saint, like at such I a young age, that. and she's like stood up for what she believed in and I was like yeah this girl's my jam like this is, her, <laughs> this is my girl like St. Catherine of Alexandria um so she was such a strong like female like yeah. and and that was a big thing for me um so and that was so amazing after like sitting there for a year in the pews like watching everyone else go up for communion it was finally like my turn Mm. and it was amazing like it was just amazing i i was just so blessed like i finally get to be in that line receiving our lord in communion and um Mm. it was just that was that was the beginning like my life had purpose now i felt like i could leave everything everything behind and Um, Like I start, you know, attending mass every Sunday and hearing the readings and the gospel. Like it really helps me to grow and understand the meaning of life. Um, It helped me heal from a lot of my past hurt um, and forgiving myself and others. Like that's a big thing I struggled with was forgiving others. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, you know, it's not all overnight, but, you know, God softens your heart and I understood, like I said, my life was going to become more complicated, not less complicated, um, because mm-hmm. I was striving to live a life contrary to the world around me. Yeah. So, um, so I still struggled with sin, you know, as we all do. Um, but I had the foundation and the tools now to work through those sins. Right. And um, and I established, <laughs> like, if everyone had that, like. Once you have the foundation and tools, yes, you're gonna fall, but it is so much easier. I, I see little improvements. Yeah. Over it's time, the little yeah. it's the little steps and that give me hope, you know. So wow. and um I I I still struggled like I was in, like I said, but I just feel like it's amazing how becoming a Catholic made me feel so much more valued as a woman than it ever did in the secular world. Like I just look at the world and I'm just like, y'all don't know what's on the other side. Like it's, it's so freeing. Cause you know, like so many people think like, you know, Catholics have so many rules and I'm like, okay, well these rules, which are not rules, they're called commandments. Like they're so freeing which is so funny, right? These rules are so freeing. And I tell that to my kids too. Like when I'm teaching about the commandments, I, you know, I say living our lives, according to God's rules, commandments lead to happiness, Mm -hmm. like not living by the commandments lead to lead to you being a slave to your sins and completely unhappy. And so, yeah. So I'm just like, it's so funny how Following rules actually can, you know, lead yeah,
0: yeah, like a happy Jesus life. says, the truth will set you free, and I remember when yeah. I read that, and I was like, "Whoa!" Because it's so true. It's like these teachings uh, do—they set you free in your life, and they they fulfill you, and and the they answer the deepest questions that you have um about life and who you are and what you're made for so and you know he wants us to know that what have been some of your greatest influences along the journey like I know there's like books or podcasts or speakers or I mean we've talked a lot about uh confession being huge in your story um but (laughs) if there was any other influences that you wanted to mention
1: Oh, man, I got a list. (laughs) So um, early on, um, my mother-in-law introduced us to Matthew Kelly. Like, she loves Matthew Kelly. Mm -hmm. And so I read um, A Call to Joy, uh, which is largely about his conversion story, too. You know, like, he was always Catholic, but he was not on fire. Like, Mm -hmm. and so that lit a fire under me, too. Um, And then The Seven Levels of Intimacy. Um, the art of love and loving and the joy of being loved that was I I read that you know once we were married and that really changed um, something he said in there you know um, your marriage is a sacrament not your children and that was like a truth bomb because at that point I you know we had one or two kids and it was just like all-encompassing and I was like man if we don't make our marriage a priority we have to remember our marriage is a sacrament and if we don't put our marriage first that everything's gonna fall apart. So um, so yeah, Matthew Kelly has been a big one. Um, Catholic radio has been huge. Um, like I said, it was all a conversion of heart at first. Um, the intellectual stuff came later and man, like I cannot get enough of it. Um, so Catholic radio played a big influence. Once I was staying home um, after my oldest was born, I became a stay at home mom. And, you know, just being at home, I'm just like, well, okay, what do I do? Because um, I had worked nonstop once I had graduated, basically through college. And once I had graduated, I worked nonstop. And then I got pregnant three months after we got married. And so I went from working nonstop to becoming the stay-at-home mom. And so I really struggled with my identity. I had no idea what it was like to, what, what does it mean to be a Catholic mom? I had no idea what the answer to that question was because I wasn't raised like that. So I don't know what that means. Like, so I just turned on the radio. I had seen a bumper sticker for Catholic radio and I turned it on and I like never turned it off after that. Father John Carapi was another big one. He he had such great homilies and um, really like set me on fire. Um, Dr. Ray Garendi was on there uh, which really helps me because he's a he's a Catholic um, psychologist, uh, but he's also like the father of like ten kids. <laughs> so like he really helps me in like discipline and being a Catholic parent. Um, Terry Barber and Jesse Romero, they are super, they're awesome. <laughs> they were so like on fire and just like they called it the Lord's Gym. And I was like, Yeah, I can get down with that. Like <laughs> the Lord's Gym. That's awesome. Like working out my my uh spiritual muscles. Um <laughs> and Catholic answers was a huge, huge help for me. Mm. Uh, both the the show and I um I just learned so much from them, and then um, Father Matthew Spencer, um, who's actually an Oblate of Saint Joseph, and they are the priests that um, staff our church. And my un- my husband's uncle is also an Oblate of Saint Joseph, um, and he had a show called Saint Joseph's Workshop, and it was just amazing. Like, um, so so Catholic radio was huge. And then, of course, Danielle Bean, like I said, is just, (laughs) she is, um, like, when I got to talk to her, I was like, you are the founding member of the St. Joachim's Moms Group, (laughs) Danielle, because we started, like, with her momnipotent study. Like, that's how we started meeting informally. And then we were like, let's keep this going. Like, we were on fire. Like, we needed that community. So then we did, like, like all her books, You're Worth It. Um, you are enough Um, and I loved you're worth it especially because it you know the whole idea of her book has changed the way you feel about yourself by discovering how Jesus feels for you and I'm just like man see this is what women need like this is what women need to hear it was so it was about you know how Jesus revealed himself to the women in the New Testament and how they were like they were like the first, you know, evangelists, basically. Like they went and they were like, hey, this guy knows what's up. Like yes. he, and the way he treated women and the way he honored women. And I'm just like, man, if the world could get on board with this, so many hurts would be healed. Like, so yeah, Daniel Bean's been huge. And of course her podcast, um, podcasts that I'm really into right now, um, I love The Catholic Feminist, just like you. So good. <laughs> yeah. She was just, she filled a void for me because, yeah, like a lot of um, like social issues. I love how she just dives into them. Mm-hmm. So I'm loving, I love Claire Swinarski. She's awesome. Um, Coffee and Pearls, which is Sterling Jaquith. Oh, you should talk to her. She's also a convert. Oh she's yeah, amazing. I definitely should.
0: That'd be awesome. Um,
1: she's, and she her story's all. um you know, she converted a little bit later, like in her later 20s or early 30s. But um, she, a very, like a similar story to mine, like not super religious background. Um, And she's amazing. So it's 15, Coffee and Pearls is 15 minutes of wisdom for Catholic moms. And I'm like, that's about all the time I have. Perfect. Yeah, that's so good. (laughs) And she just, and she cuts to the chase. Like she gets down to hard things. And there are things that I need to hear. Um, Like I love anyone who will give me a kick in the pants. I don't want things to be sugarcoated. I did the sugarcoated side. And now I'm like, no, sock it to me straight. Don't (laughs) sugarcoat it.
0: (laughs) The last question I hope to ask everyone who comes on at the end is, can you share with us one scripture verse that is either speaking to you recently or that has played a foundational role in your journey and why?
1: Yeah, so um, so this is kind of... The, the one that like I live my life by. Um, so it's First Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Now, who is going to harm you if you are enthusiastic for what is good? But even if you should suffer because of righteousness, blessed are you. Do not be afraid or terrified with fear of them, but sanctify, sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. But do it with gentleness and reverence, keeping your conscience clear, so that when you are maligned, those who defame your good conduct in Christ may themselves be put to shame, for it is better to suffer for doing good, if that be the will of God, than for doing evil. So that is just like the foundation of like how I live my life and how I see, see things, just always be ready to give an explanation for your hope. And as you can see, like I have a list, like I have so much to be thankful to God for. Um, and I will always be ready to give an explanation for my hope. So. Wow.
0: Oh my gosh, Stephanie. Thank you so much. (laughs) This story is incredible. I mean, it's just crazy to like, see how, when you offer, when you finally turn to him and just like called out And then Martha was on, what, on your floor, right? It's just like, like, it's crazy (laughs) how he does this and he'll bring people, yeah, into your life that you need. He'll bring the information you need just when you need it and help you along on that journey home. And then he's always with you even after, you know, even after you have that conversion experience now, as you kind of live it out and do these different callings that you have in your community, um, mm-hmm. that you just like have this living relationship now that you can just continue to grow into your faith, continue to touch other people's lives. So thank you so much. I'm so inspired by your story and thanks for sharing it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> thank you, Rachel. I mean, it's, it's an honor to share it. I hope, you know, even, I hope it's just a testament that, it doesn't matter how far gone you are. Like God is always always there. So I'm um, always ready to welcome you with open arms, even if you're a mess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes, especially if you're a mess. <laughs> yeah, I think he likes it better that way. You're a little more open to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Sure. Bye. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much for growing some good with us today. Visit us at togrowgood.com slash podcast to find links to everything we mentioned in today's conversation. If you enjoyed today's conversation, would you please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or on whatever app you're listening from? Reviews help podcasts to show up higher in search results so that more people can find these incredible stories of the Lord at work. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend, a family member, or a coworker who might enjoy the conversation as well find us on Instagram at to grow good. See you next week.